Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. This is the show, as you know already. We go over a little bit about yesterday's slate. Uh, talk a little bit about today's slate, mostly DFS strategy related. This is not a pick show. Remember, I answer your questions in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Jerome Lewis, Daniel Hutchins, Frederick Dute, Jupocalypse, Edward Brown, Sal Correo, Matt Mears, Woo Woo, Jade Train, Doug Montgomery, Jesse Atfield. You know what to do. First thing in the morning. Keep my apple juice cold by hitting those dummy thumbs. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs anywhere, thumbs sideways. Just click around. Click around a bunch, right? Click everything on YouTube. It helps uh, somehow. It tells YouTube that you like us, right? Or don't like us. Or just care about us. Or who knows? Who knows what it does? I just get told, you got to keep on doing that. I have no idea. Uh, Yesterday. Yesterday, we had big, big GPPs on both sites. I was in, I was in, I was in first place on FanDuel for a while, for a little bit, and then, then not, then not. I, I was, cl- I was close on both sides. I, I had sweats going. I had lineups towards the top. Didn't, didn't, didn't get there all the way. But it was a profitable. It was a profitable day yesterday. Uh, being mostly wrong. <laughs> that that that's what happens. That's what all you all you need is a, and a lineup or two to get towards the top, and you can have a profitable day being mostly. Wrong. Mostly wrong. Frederick Duke says, do we need to replace Blender with the legendary Mike Butts for our strategy advice? Right. Mike Butts and Big Daddy Fatty. Are those the two first? Uh, did they still, did they end up still in first and second? Yep, yep, there we go. Mike Butts and Big Daddy Fatty. Right. I, I tweeted that out. Like I have to tell my wife, like, oh, I, I didn't win first place tonight in, in DFS. Oh, well, who'd you lose to? It's like, I lost, I lost to Mike Butts. And Big Daddy Fatty, right? A little, a little embarrassing, right? You see, here, I, I had a lineup. I had a lineup. Uh, it was working in the. In, I had better lineups on FanDuel. Oh, here, here's 39th place. This lineup was close to the top before. It was in the top 10 going in, right? Yeah, because I didn't have Darvish, right? Basically, White Sox. It's a White Sox. The two home runs from the Nationals and and a home run from the Yankees. I mean, for most nights, this would be a pretty good lineup, right? Bueller, Kikuchi, White Sox, right? White Sox were over-owned on DraftKings and under-owned on FanDuel, I think. So I played I played more I played White Sox on FanDuel, and I went way under on DraftKings. Still ended up with some lineups. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. So yeah, both, both sides. I play. I played one fifty on both sides because they had the cheapo, the cheapo poor. You know, one fifty max. You know, when they put it down to like five bucks, eight bucks, like that, then then I'm more likely to play one hundred and fifty. And same thing on on DraftKings on uh, FanDuel. But of course, on FanDuel we don't we don't have results DB. But on on DraftKings, I bear. I you can even see here. Like here's my exposures, right, compared to everyone else's. Like Tim Anderson, like I barely like five five percent exposure. He's twenty three percent owned, right? I purposely like under on Kellenic, under on Madrigal, under on Vaughn, under on Judge, right? He was much chalkier on Fanduel. Taylor Ward, under under on the Angels, 
barely any Mercedes, under an Otani, right? Under a Nelson, I don't know why he, I don't even know why he was 14% owned. I guess the Twins were owned. I was under on that. Seager, under on the Mariners, under on Trout, under, right? You're like, oh, I'm under on all the chalk, on all the, the, the double digit own guys. But then who did I have? Oh, well, here we go. Braves, Mets, Cubs. I had a ton of the Cubs. Nationals. Some Padres. Right? See, Tigers against Kikuchi. So here's the Mets. He got a pillar, got hit in the face with a ball yesterday. See, look, look, 19% Soto, 16% bets. I Dodgers also against Bumgarner. So here's here's where here's where all my ownership is. Castro, Scoop, Pilar, Soto, Betts, Pujols, right? He batted clean up for the Dodgers. Justin Turner, way over. Sheldon Noose, Swanson, Riley, Baez. Like Baez was 4% owned. I, so much. Right? Look, look, look at that. Look at how many good players are, are this low owned. Look down here, right? I even had the 10% Dom, Domingo Leyva because he fit in the shortstop spot. And then I also played the pitcher spot. I also, what I did yesterday is I made a group, did not play Cole and Darvish together. I didn't mind playing either. I mean, I, I, I played plenty of both. Played more Darvish than Cole and less Bueller. But I didn't, I didn't want to have the same combos. Like Cole Darvish was just going to be in just an overrun pitching combo, so I was more likely to pl- I was more likely to go up and down at pitcher, so I was avoiding the cheap hitters. I wanted to get expensive Cubs and expensive Dodgers and expensive even Yankees. Play multiple, play Acuna, play the Braves, play Freeman Braves Acuna stacks, because most people were playing double stud lineups. Which is my style, which is my, I mean, the way that DraftKings prices have been going this year, like there's no such thing as a vomit stack anymore. We have, uh, we, you have enough of these 2K hitters that there's every stack ends up with someone that's like 2,800. So you could play the stack and then one offs, you end up with a $2,600 one off that you could use and then you could jam in two 10K pitchers. Typically, that's, that's, that's what I used to do. And you play the vomit stack because then everyone wants to pay up at bats. But now that everyone's ever now, now with the pricing, people are jamming in aces and playing cheap hitters. I'm I'm doing the reverse, right? I'm trying to go up and down. So I'm playing lineups where I'm getting one of Cole, Darvish, or Butler, and then I'm playing it with Kikuchi, John Gray. I mean, obviously he didn't do well, right? Casey Mai, I had five, but I, look, Casey Mai is at 20, 30 points. No one's going to play him because people were playing the Mariners. That's why I played Jordan Lyles. He had 23 points. Why did I play Jordan Lyles? Because people were playing the, the Yankees. J.A. Happ. Why did I play him? Because people were playing the White Sox. I mean, I didn't play Bumgarner. I didn't play Lester. I mean, because I'm stacking against them. I have more lineups than I'm stacking against them. But since I was going under on the White Sox, on the Mariners, on the Yankees, I said, why don't I just, why don't I just throw the cheap pitcher and hopefully they, they have a good game. That, you know, at single-digit ownership. That's what I did. That's why I said I was mostly wrong yesterday. I still made money being mostly wrong. Because my White Sox lineups, my White Sox Cubs lineups on FanDuel did very well. 
I think I had what I, my highest lineup. I think was tenth, tenth, twelfth. Right, I had like I think I had five or six lineups in the top fifty, fifty, top hundred, something like that. I made money on Fanduel. DraftKings, I broke even because I had so little of the White Sox. But that's what I was doing. But you can see, even see here across across the field. I mean, most most people did not get that different at pitcher. I got them more different than most of the field. Like Max Freed, like most, a lot of guys didn't have him. I played twelve percent, but it was mostly mostly Cole, Darvish, Bueller, and if you went down, you played Kikuchi. Other than that, like there's, there's barely anything here. Yeah, Doodle Life played a little Mize and Walker and Lyles, John Gray, but most of the sharper players just jammed in, just jammed in. Bueller, Kikuchi, Darvish, Cole. I mean, you could have done that. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to compete against those types of lineups. I thought better pass the first play. First place was to not play Cole and Darvish together, because Cole well, obviously Cole Cole didn't do well. Sixty four percent of the field died with him. And then if we take a look at hitter exposure, okay, Yuta Yuta went with the the, the White Sox more so on DraftKings. And the Angels, yeah. So you'd you'd have just just said, oh, "I'm going to play all the chalk, jam the chalk, jam the chalk." So I mean, I I could just take a look at the coloring, and know who is more contrarian than most. So like to me, you see more yellow here. That means I was actually more contrarian than most of the field. Lariotto also, because this this green is just Bueller here. So Lariotto. He still played some White Sox, but barely any Kellenic, especially as a one-off. Barely any Judge, barely any Ward, barely any Otani, barely any Seager, Trout, Hanniger. So basically, get not not Seattle, low on Seattle, low on uh, the Angels, low on the Yankees, which is similar to me. But he he still had plenty of the White Sox. So that's what I'm looking for. This is what I do for Results TV. I look and say, they, who built more similar lineups? See, look, like Lariota, no Urshela. So, like, no, yeah, he basically said the Yankees, get out of here. I actually had more of the Yankees than he did. But I had more of the Cubs. Well, no, Cubs, Contreras. It's, it's some guys with, with Cubs. Mets. Still Mets. Mets, Mets are above. I was the much higher, and you give me seven percent Ronald Acuna, I'm going to play it on an eight game slate. Get out of here! Yeah, you got a zero. Yeah, thank you. But let's take a look down here. The Albies. Yeah, I was more high on the Braves than most of the field, but even with the Nationals, okay. Based on the the select people that I'm looking at, much higher on the Dodgers than anyone else. Right, I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, but when the chalk gets there on DraftKings, when the chalk gets there, I, what am I supposed to do? I do have some lineups, but not many. Right? I showed you before that lineup that, that was I it's my it's one of my few White Sox stacks. Right, the winning lineup up here was a White Sox stack, one, two, three, four, five, with Hayward. 
Otani, a three-point Eddie Rosario, and then Darvish Bueller, which was the, the nut combo. One line. Well, there you go. You get there. Big Daddy Fatty. Big Daddy Fatty. Probably a similar lineup. Oh, Texas. Well, this is a weird lineup. A four-man Texas with two White Sox, two Angels, a 4-2-2. That's one way to win with the just leverage against Cole. But it's not like you needed these exact players. You couldn't have gotten these points from the rest of the White Sox stack. Right? Yeah, Willie Calhoun, Aldolis Garcia, they both got home runs. But you could have found those home runs elsewhere. It wasn't like the double dog or anything. There's a single bullet over here. Texas, 4-3-1. White Sox, Texas, Jonathan Scope, Darvish Bueller. Yeah, this did. Want to take a shot? This would be the shot. I don't mind this lineup that much at all. 4-3-1. Okay, gets there. JP over here. One, two, three, four, five. Five man, five. Say five, one, one, one. Three one-offs. Casey Mize. Over here, 2% don't. I don't mind. It's a single bullet, but I don't mind it at all. This is fine. I mean, Mike Butts won by 10 points up here. Even with a three from Rosario. Jay Butlero, let's see. Yeah, White Sox stack, White Sox stack. Turner, Lindor, right? Basically didn't get there with Turner. Turner, dud. Lindor, not really. Not really there. Andrew Vaughn was 19%. Oh, Jesus. I mean, even Danny Mendick was, he hit a grand slam. He's 6% on on DraftKings. Like, really? Seriously? He was 2% on our FanDuel. As I said, the sites are different. Like, that's why I did much better on FanDuel yesterday, because I played more whites. The Yankees were... We're a super chalk. Yankees and Angels were super chalk on, on FanDuel. Not as much so on DraftKings. So on so on on FanDuel, I'm over the field on the White Sox, but on DraftKings, I'm. I mean, look at the ownership. They were higher on than I thought they were going to be. I knew they were going to be owned, but twenty three percent for Anderson, nineteen percent for Madrigal, Vaughn, nineteen percent. Mercedes, it's not like Mercedes was cheap. He was 4,600, 16%. Moncada, 10%. No, I'll be under that all the time. I have no problem with that. The more ownership I saw them have, the better the better I felt. Until they scored 16 runs, of course, on DraftKings. My Vandal lines are fine. That's what you do. You diversify. Let's see. Let's go through the YouTube chats some more. Daniel Hutchings managed the 0.4% ROI yesterday on 315 entries. Okay. Hey, it's better than losing. Most days you're going to lose. You're going to have minus 10% ROI, 20% ROI. 0.4% ROI is a pretty good, it's, it's a above average day for GPP players. Grant Brown asks, could you cover how to limit getting the same pitching pairs? You just use a group and line up HQ. I mean, I can show you right here. 
right? So I'm looking at today's slate. Let's just say whatever. I mean, who knows? We don't even know who's pitching for two teams. I, I don't know what's going on. So let's uh, let's sort this by fantasy points. Let's say you didn't want Wheeler and Snell in this uh, together. You just play, open up a group, create a new group. Wheeler, Snell. Minimum zero, maximum one. So that's all it does. It's say no more than use at most one player. Done. There. So it'll make lineups and never play them together. So let's say, let's say, let's say you want to make sure to use at least Wheeler, Snell, Lynn, Woodruff, Urias or something or something, whatever. I'm just making it up. You can make a group, Snell, Urias. Let's say you want you want to make sure you use at least one of these, or at most one, exactly one of these in every lineup. You just do one, one, minimum one, maximum one. You never get them together. You just use exactly one of these. It would be Wheeler and some other pitcher, Snell and some other pitcher, Woodruff and some other pitcher. But you would guarantee to get all of them. If you use zero one, it just means don't put them in together, but it doesn't mean I'm going to even use any of them. So you use player groups in lineup HQ to do that. I don't use groups in MLB often at all. This is the, this is the type of stuff that I use it for. And you can control this in a different way as well. You could control this through exposures. You could throw, control this through total lineup ownership. So for instance, yesterday, like we see Cole is 64% owned. Darvish is 38% owned. Like if I set my minimum ownership, let's say, if this was the projected, obviously this is the actual, at 100. I don't want my total lineup to be owned more than 100%. Well, obviously you're never going to get Cole and Darvish together. Because this adds up to 103% as it is. So you can't get it, right? So if you if you went in here, if you went to build rules, and you set your maximum total lineup ownership to 100%, right? 90% or whatever the hell you want to do, that's really low. Like, obviously, you'll, ne- you- you'll never have to make that rule. Because the projected ownership of those two combined pitchers are over 90. But I think yesterday we had, we had Cole projected for like 48% and Darvish for 45%. So that's 93%. So if you left the total max load, if you, t- if you if, even if you left it at 100, even if you left it at 110 or something like that, which is over that, right? 49, 48 plus 45 is what? 93? If you put it at 110, you may still get some Cole Darvish lineups. But they'll obviously be with a very low on batters. Because it's already using 93% of this 110. So the whole rest of the lineup can only take up 17% total ownership. Which means you're playing some contrarian something or other. The last eight spots for 17% ownership. So this is one way to not limit. Hey, if you could find me a lineup that is only that owned. With Cole and Darvish together, fine, give it that to me. But other than that, don't play. Most likely, don't play them together, right? If you leave, if you leave this at one forty or something, then you may get a lot more of the 
chalk pitcher combinations with a chalk stack. And then like a 1% on one-off, which you can do. So this, this is another way to control that type of thing. But a lot of times I don't, I, I'm, I'm, play, I'm already manually playing lineups that are low owned as it is. So the number doesn't matter that much to me often. But I'll start making lineups and I'll see Cole Darvish, Cole Darvish, Cole Darvish, Cole Darvish, Cole Darvish, Cole Darvish like just constant Cole Darvish, Cole Darvish, Cole Darvish. Like I'm getting like no diversification on that. Like Cole and NIC, it's like it's going to be the most owned pitching combination. So I'm just like, screw it. I'll just, I'll just make a group and just separate them. Play them, but just not together. It's like that automatically, then I don't have to worry about it anymore. And unless a Cole Darvish lineup wins. Well, then I couldn't have made that. That's the choice. That's the choice that I made. That's the choice that I made. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, Freed was, Freed was, people are talking about Freed in the chat. Freed was only 3% owned, 3.7% owned on FanDuel. A lot of times, most people's default is to pay up a pitcher on FanDuel. And I think yesterday's slate you're more likely than not doing that because you have three kind of three aces. So one of them is going to get there probably. But I like taking advantage of some, some of the cheaper, cheaper pitchers, especially when there's, when there's expensive players to when you could play, like you could play Acuna and Trout. And I mean, a lot of times you, and you're still leaving a thousand on the table. So yes, I, I had some free, but he couldn't get the win. He couldn't, I mean, I had some lineups up there. I had some Freed lineups. I had said some Bueller lineups. I had some Darvish and Cole. I had a bunch of lineups on FanDuel. FanDuel was fine. DraftKings, not so much. Corey Johnson said Cole was a fish play yesterday for sure at his ownership. The bat had Darvish higher projected and he was lower owned. Made no sense. Well, because not, not everyone uses the bat. The bat had Darvish at the, as the highest raw point pitcher yesterday. Cole was only only third. I think Bueller was higher than him. And Michael Dampier is uh, saying that he went with a lot of angels and then Trout just leaves the game early. So that like kind of ruins most mo- most angel stacks. Although the winning the winning lineup, the, the winner on, on FanDuel had Trout in his lineup. The winning, the winning GPP lineup in the large the five dollar whatever, the large GPP, Trout. Trout's three points in his outfield. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't got to be perfect. Michael Dompier, how much salary did Big Daddy Fatty use? I don't know. Let's see. Right. Mike Butts left 700 on the table. Fatty, Fatty used it all. Right. Most people use most of it. Right. We look down here. Zero, zero, 500, 300, 700. Depending on the pricing, usually I don't mind leaving uh, up a thousand on the table. Not on purpose, but I mean, if it, that's the way it fits. See, 1900. Fat, fat, so fat, 69, 69. Are you, are you related? Is fat, so fat, 69 related to Big Daddy Fatty? Maybe. Are they multi-accounting? Who knows? Here's a White Sox stack. One, two, three, four. Otani, Ramirez with only five, and Rizzo. Darvish Freed, which could have been the nut combo if it wasn't 
if Freed could have could have lasted another inning, or the Braves could have scored a run, or something. The Braves could have done something. But don't be that concerned about spending all fifty k or all thirty five k on Fanduel. Am I making lineups with nineteen hundred salary remaining? Not necessarily, but on some slates I will. On smaller slates, definitely. You're pairing a cheap stack with a cheap three-man and playing a cheap pair. You're leaving 2000 on the table. I mean, okay, that's the only way to make that combo. Sometimes you'll see. Sometimes you'll even run in, in lineup HQ. You'll use the projections and see some of the higher projected lineups are like 49-2, 49-5. I mean, they're, auto, auto, they're, they're better projected and leaving 800 on the table. So if you're going to constrain yourself by like, oh, I got to spend at least – at least 49.5, you may be missing the lineups that are actually better than those lineups. Michael Dompier says, I was shocked that Scope was only 6% owned at first base. Yeah, and DraftKings? Yeah, Scope, Scope was, well, I mean, because it's, it's just, you, there were so many cheap players for 6%, but he has 2,300. People are playing Kikuchi. Remember, Kikuchi was was popular. He was 32% owned, so that's going to automatically lower the ownership for scope. Just they're not going to play batters against their own pitcher. And we already had, Va- like, people are, Vaughn, right? If you're at Kellenek in the outfield, if you're paying down at second base with Madrigal, Taylor Ward, like, Garlic even. I mean, you ha- there, there, there's all these 3K and under guys that do you need a first baseman that's 2300 also? Who are you paying up for? I mean, even if you're doing Cole Darvish, you only need like you only you only need two of these guys, right? To fit into your lineup. Right? And 20% is going to be Kellenic, 20% Madrigal, 20%, 19% Vaughn, 16% award. I mean, where does that go? 12, 13% garlic. Plus a cheap catch, you can always punt with the catcher. So yeah, I yeah, that's where that's where Scope's ownership goes down. Combination of all those other players that are cheap, plus the fact that Kikuchi is is being owned. Now, from a leverage perspective, it's great. That's why I played a ton of Scope. You could take a look here. I was way over, right? Sixteen percent, right? I, I had tons of Scope. Kikuchi's owned. He's going, he's overlooked because people are playing these, these other cheap players. I'm going, I'm going under, I'm under on Madrigal, under on Kalanick, under on Vaughn, under on Ward. So I got, where's my salary saver? Well, it's probably going to be scoped now at first base. Because he's, he's the best, he's the say he's the second best pitcher in the major league with an insane strikeout rate against the strikeout team. Insane strikeout weight rate with no walks and he pitches, he can pitch the whole game. Why pick Cole? He's the best pitcher. <laughs> but good pitchers have bad games. Sure, okay, that happens. There's no reason not to play Cole yesterday. The reason I was under on Cole is because compared to Darvish, compared to pretty much primarily Darvish, he was he was he was overowned. Darvish projected better than Cole in the bat. I knew that Cole was going to be more popular. So I'm like, I'm going to play more Darvish compared to Cole. But I also knew Darvish was going to be popular. I knew Kikuchi was going to be popular. How do I get different otherwise? I ended up playing more Bueller. 
not as much. But I mean, obviously, my J.A. Happ lineups went down in flames. 10% of those lineups, gone. Well, why'd you play Happ? Because look at the White Sox. Look how look how chalky they are. So if the chalk, if, if the White Sox fail, it kills 20% of the lineups in the contest. And what's correlated with the White Sox failing? J.A. Happ actually pitching well. So as the White Sox lineups come down, my Hap lineups go even further up. That's why you do it. And if it doesn't work out that way, then it just goes the opposite direction, right? And then that's... <laughs> my Hap lineups are going down while the White Sox are... Bye-bye! And they're at the top. That's the reason. I, I wanted to find pitchers in the mid-range to play. So, yeah. But do I want to play 40% Max Freed? Do I want to play 40% Kikuchi? I mean, I could. But I said, let me spread it around. I said, well, Jordan Lyles. Well, why'd you play Jordan Lyles? Is it up? The Yankees were going to be owned. It's 5,400 or something. So the Yankees lineups don't do well. Lyles probably had a good enough game, especially for, for how cheap he was. And then those lineups look so much different than other lineups in the contest. Those are lineups with my, my, my Braves. My Dodgers, right? They have Betts and Turner and Acuna and Freeman and Contreras and Baez, you know, like just overspend, overspending, essentially. They hit a ceiling and it works out that way. I have a chance at first place. I'm going to just jam in chalk. I just, how, am I, how am I getting there? Go over yesterday, Slayton. And then now, now, the, now the contest on both sides just turned into garbage again, right? If they had the con- these contests like they did yesterday, I know the payout structure is horrible. But at least it's a $5 contest. It's a $4 contest on FanDuel. Like $4 and $5 contests, I don't care if the field size is, but I'm playing large field anyway. Whether it's 18,000 entries or 70,000 entries, doesn't matter that much to me. But I'd rather play 100, 150 lineups in than have a $15 to $18 entry fee and the payout structures still be bad. If it's fifteen to eighteen dollar entry tra- fee on DraftKings, make it make it, and it's fourteen thousand entries total. Still make it twenty thousand the first. It just cut that. It just doesn't justify me playing a ton of lineups. Keep 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 the. It should be under a single digit entry fee. That's fine, and then I don't then I don't mind the payout structure being bad. I can't invest a hundred line like hundred lineups at eighteen fifteen by the fifteen hundred dollars, and that's not even tenth. Fifteen hundred dollars is not even tenth place in the contest, so I can't do it. I can't do it. I won't be playing DraftKings GPP today. I'll play on FanDuel. The payout structure on FanDuel sucks. Also, thirty thousand a first, ten thousand a second, a thousand a sixth. How bad is that? But it's four bucks. So if I'm if I'm gonna multi-enter, it'll be there. I mean, I could obviously do the 20 max on DraftKings, but I'm not gonna just build 20 lineups for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna build a bunch of lineups for a site or not. Yesterday I had to juggle two sites, which I don't do that often. Just barely got it in. Barely, barely got my DraftKings lineups in. 
So if there are any questions in the chat, feel free to ask them. Got got the uh, got the apple juice. Hit the thumbs up button. Today we got a fourteen game slate. No idea what's going on. Dirty weather. Any weather concerns? Let's see. Oh, we got some orange. Orange here. Yellow orange in Minnesota. Yellow orange in Chicago with the winds blowing in. Kansas City. Okay, so we're off to saying the riskiest game on the slate is the Brewers-Royals, which is going to affect Woodruff, right? Let's look, let's take a look at this, this picture. Picture, 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 picture. Okay, Wheeler. Wheeler actually projects better than Woodruff by the bat. At least the, the 10.42 a.m. version of the bat. Got some cheap pitchers. Or Chris Bubik. Right, that's going to affect him, right? Tucker Davidson, is that going to be a thing today? How many pitches is he going to pitch? Got Blake Snell. Seems like Snell-Wheeler combination, right? We got snell here. Against Colorado. So, I mean, if he if he pitches, yeah, let's see. Yeah, he actually projects for higher raw points. So we got Snell, Wheeler. Let's say we lock Snell and Wheeler in. And what do we get? Canbell. Okay, we got, yeah, we got Tampa Bay going in Tampa, going into Baltimore to face the Matt Harvey. That, that'll be a thing. So Tampa. I'm assuming Tampa is going to be popular today, right? Right. We could take a look at some of the stuff by just looking at the the bat stacks page. That's what I like doing. Go to the stack projections. This is for DraftKings. So obviously the pricing is different. So if we look here, so Brewers against Bubik. Pirates against Gant. I mean, from a point per dollar perspective. I mean, these are like the point per dollar plays. But Tampa, highest ceiling. Look at that. Way highest ceiling. Rays, Braves, Phillies, Nationals. Because the bet loves the Nationals. But still, Tigers and Brewers are up there as, as long as that game plays against Bubich. Go all the way at the bottom, like Snell. The Twins are at the bottom. The Marlins, the Royals, right, against good pitchers. Spencer Turnbull, okay. But, like, like, look at the Pirates. The Pirates are a great point per dollar, but, like, they're still, their ceiling is horrible, right, against John Gant. I mean, they're, because they're, they're probably cheap as hell. I, I, I don't even think I've played a Pirates deck this season yet. I'm not even sure. I don't, I'm not, I don't remember. Maybe very early, maybe the first week of the season, maybe. Yeah, because look how cheap they are. Look at this. Stall Stallings is batting cleanup. That's how bad their lineup is. Okay. When Jacob Stallings is batting cleanup. Frazier, Newman, Reynolds, Stallings, Polanco, Will Craig, Ben Gant. I mean, look, I mean, this Adam Frazier's forty one hundred. Brian Reynolds is thirty five hundred, and everyone else is is less than three K on DraftKings. Right, this is DraftKings. Yeah, this is DraftKings. This is what I mean by like we have too much. I mean, too much cheap hitting. That vomit stacks matter anymore. We go. I mean, look. Let's go through the lineups and see how many stacks 
How many teams you could stack legitimately and still not spend over like 21K or something for a five-man? Of course, you're probably going to have to take it cheapy. So, like, look at the Phillies. Like, okay, Segura, Harper, and Real Muto are expensive, but Brad Miller's sitting there at 3K. And you could either you could take Mayton or Herrera or something like that, right? As long as you take Brad Miller, I mean, you got what McCutcheon five 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 five. I mean, it's that's still not that expensive. You could still stack. You could you get some salary relief with with one guy. The Phillies stack. Look at the Rays. Yeah, Brandon Lowe is fifty one hundred, but look Meadows, Choi, Margot. The catcher, I mean, like, you, you could make a stack, no problem with this. Orioles, same thing. Look, this, the, I mean, other than Mancini, like, everyone's pretty cheap. The Mets, look, look. I mean, most most of their, other than Alonzo and Lindor and Smith, I mean, McCann, VR, Peraza, this, this guy, John Shui, I don't even know how to pronounce that name. You could make that stack, no problem. The Braves are much harder. That's why that's why I played them because I thought you can't you can't do it as much. All right, sixty three hundred fifty seven five k fifty five hundred forty. See, he's looking at forty one hundred thirty six hundred. You get yeah, still an expensive stack. Okay, so this Braves is a little bit more expensive. There's the Red Sox, Blue Jays. See, it's going to be like if Kiki Hernandez is back, Verdugo's thirty six hundred. Yeah. Martinez, Bogart's endeavors are expensive, but you could build a stack. Renfro is 3K. I mean, you could do something. Same thing here. Guriel or Davis or, you know, the bottom of the Toronto lineup. It's expensive, but you could you could make something happen. The White Sox, same thing. Yvonne is 2,100. The Twins. Arias is 3,100. Larnach is, is whatever, is 2,300. You could make the Twins stack. I mean, look, we're just going through it. Look at the, the Nationals. Bell is 3,300. Cashel is 3,200. There you go. There, there's 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 a cheaper National stack. Cubs, not so much. Right, you get you get Duffy here, but most of these guys are expensive. Okay. Pirates are already cheap. Carlson's 2,900. Carpenter's 3,100. Right, you could make the Cardinal stack, no problem. Still cheap. I'd still play two good pitchers. The Yankees, Brett Carr, you have to use the bottom of the order, but they're they're ten, 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 they're expensive now. Okay, the Rangers are always cheap. The Brewers are disgustingly cheap, right? Tyrone Taylor, Avi Garcia is thirty three hundred, right? You you can do whatever you want here. The Royals, Benintendi's thirty three hundred, right in the middle. Ryan O'Hearn, Solaire's still only thirty four hundred. Okay, you could do that. I mean, we're going team by look. Look how many teams you could build a five man stack and still get two good pitchers because there's some rando. Why is he so much cheaper than everyone else in the lineup? The Indians, Rosario Ramirez, you could make, okay, there you go. There's a 21K stack. Upton, Ward, Rojas, Iglesias. I mean, even if Trout's not in the, if Trout's in the lineup, you could still make that stack. The Astros, the Astros are expensive. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. Throwing Maldonado at the bottom for catcher, and then it gets cheaper. Okay, you could probably do that also. Seth Brown for the A's. Chad Pinder's in there. I mean, Olsen's only 4K, I guess. I think it's Javier, but whatever. That's reasonable enough. The Rockies, I mean, now Connor Joe, Fuentes. I mean, that's obvious. 
the Padres. Look, Tommy Pham's 3,100 betting cleanup, right? Profar's in there. You can make a cheap stack. The Tigers are always cheap. The Mariners are always cheap, right? Kyle Lewis, J.P. Crawford, you could do that. The Diamondbacks, you know, Andy Young's in there. I mean, you could you could find some way. Even, even the Dodgers. Expensive, expensive, but Matthew Beattie, Gavin Lux, Pujols or something in there. I mean... This this is why why do you think I'm not talking about vomit stacks much this year anymore? Just too easy to make good stacks. You could take three or four good hitters from any team and plunk them in with a two K guy that happened that's batting sixth in their lineup that shouldn't be two K, and then you could put. There you go, Wheeler Snell. They they just plug those guys in. So to me, in GPPs this year, I've been doing I've I've been trying to do the opposite. Not all the opposite. I'm not building all my lineups like that. But doing lineups where I find those expensive teams. Like I find, oh, Jordan Yamamoto's pitching for the Mets today. Is that really happening? This guy could give up like 17 home runs in one game. I hope he is pitching. Then I'll play the Braves and no one could pay up for the Braves because you look at this. You go, you go, I go to lineup HQ and you go, how do you, that, how do you play two good pitchers with the Braves? You can't. Right, like, like let's 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 take a look. Let's take a look. See if we we stack. This is how you could use lineup HQ as a research tool. Let's stack the Braves. Let's stack the Braves expensively. So we're going to play Acuna. We're just going to lock them into the lineup preview. Freeman, Azuna, Albies, Swanson. Let's just there we go. The short stuff. Optimize from there. David said, "Yeah, you have to go all the way down." Miller Meadows, right? You have to find some cheap. You have to find some cheap pitcher, really cheap pitcher. You still have Brad. You still have Miller in there. You still have McCann in there, and Meadows is thirty eight hundred. So I get that, right? So instead of Swanson, let's go Riley. What does that give us? Yeah, Mayton Taylor, right? Some cheap one offs. Snell Heaney, okay. Still, you're gonna need cheap cheaper pitching some cheap one-offs in order to do this. So it's going to be less popular. And they have a ceiling. The Braves Braves show up and put up 15 runs, and then does who cares what the prices are anymore? We need to take a look at the, the Boston, same way. It's right, well, there's kind of cheap now, right? Because of Kiki Hernandez and Verdugo. It's another expensive team on this slate. The Yankees, I guess. Right, the Yankees, if you don't play LeMahieu even, and you go Voight, Judge, Urshela, Sanchez, even if you go cheap with Gardner, do you go cheap with Gardner? Let's say you go cheap with Gardner. Lefty against faulty, because everyone likes playing lefties against faulty. Optimize from there, you get Heaney Snell. With Peraza, Adamas, and Meadows. So you get Rays, you get, yeah, the punted second base, or you punted pitcher. I mean, it's still doable. I mean, even uh, even this lineup that I'm looking at is not like horrible, right? The Rays against Harvey sounds good to me. Snell and Heaney sounds good to me, right? Peraza doesn't maybe, but I mean, just okay. So you punt in one one spot. But other than that, the lineup doesn't look all that bad. You got a Fandle; it's a, a different story. Randall, you probably never have to play any guys like Peraza or anything like that. So you can see that, like, what what's the purpose of a 
a vomit stack. So let's let's say the Pirates. Like I, I joked about the Pirates before. Oh, I'm going to stack the Pirates against Gant. Okay, so let's do it. Let's play Frazier, Newman, Reynolds, Stallings, Polanco. Let's just do it like that. Optimize. It doesn't even it spends it leaves a thousand on the table. Snell Wheeler, which is the the, the top pitching combination. Pays up for Freeman, pays up for Turner, pays, and still have Meadows in there, right? It's at least a thousand on the table. So how do you stack the Pirates? I stacked them with the high with the highest raw points players. Well, in order to stack the Pirates, you're going to be playing the same. The, every Pirate stack is going to look like this. It's going to look like something like this. Is why wouldn't you? That's that's the problem. That's what it comes down to. That the Snell wheel, like I would play these types of stacks when it would be the type of slate where how do you get Snell and Wheeler together? Like people are like that, no one could do that. You can't do that without playing the Pirates. You can't do that without playing the Marlins, without playing the Tigers or the Mariners. But when you can play, when you can play the chalk pitcher combination, two higher price pitchers. I mean, it's not like stud studs, ten k and eighty nine hundred. And you could do that even without playing the Pirates. I mean, like, just, you could do that with playing other teams. Right? So, I mean, if we just take a look at the pure optimal as of now. Just as of now. And Snell Wheeler, and you get a whole bunch of, you know, Schwarber, Meadows, Harper. I mean, like, if you wanted to stack Tampa, for instance, you could play Snell Wheeler. Right, all the chalk you could start like Tampa's the chalk, and or the Braves are chalky, or the Phillies are chalky, or I mean, all of these combinations could work with with Snell and Wheeler, just like yesterday. Cole Darvish. That's how most of the lineups were, but I, when I was playing vomit stacks before the pricing was this soft on some of these hitters. Like, it's like, oh, Cole would be owned or Darvish would be owned. But there wouldn't be as many lineups with Cole and Darvish. Could you be like, how do you make a Cole-Darvish lineup without stacking Tigers? So so the so Kikuchi would be the chalk. It would end up being, you'd play one of these two guys and Kikuchi. And Kikuchi would be like 60% owned here against the Tigers. Because you wouldn't be able to fit in any bats. I mean, you could, it's all cheap bats. But now when you, when you could roster $2,800 this guy, $2,600 that are 1000 underpriced, when there are guys that are at the 3200 that should be 4000 4, you could ease much easier to make these double stud lineups, which means the usefulness of vomit stacks goes way down. The whole purpose was so you could play two stud pitchers and get a team that could put up eight runs. The Tigers put up eight runs. Oh, okay. I could do it. And then you have three expensive one-offs. You have Acuna, and you have Harper, and you have whatever. Right? You play you play Tatis or whatever at shortstop, and you go, okay, if those three guys have good games, and this and this team puts up eight runs, I'm the only one that could have this combination, because you can now I have two great pitchers that have put up 35 points each. All I need is the stack to do well. And it's the crappiest stack and no one wants to play him. But now, now you can. 
That's why you've seen most of my builds. I, I don't talk that much about vomit stacks anymore. Until the prices come up. Until, until if that happens. I mean, it doesn't happen a FanDuel. Typically, vomit stacks aren't a FanDuel thing because their pricing is soft enough as it is across the board. On DraftKings, it used to be like much much tighter pricing. It's like no, I'm gonna I'm gonna play, I'm gonna I'm gonna jam in Bieber and Degrum, right? Degrum's twelve five, and Bieber's eleven eight, and I still could make a lot. But you could still you could still do that. So I'm not annoyed by it. It's just that you have to you have to change your strategies. You have to evolve. You have to learn to move on. So you don't see me right. It's been six weeks into the season. I don't talk about vomit stacks much at all. So let's see anything else do, 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 do. through the YouTube chat. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. On your way out the door. Uh, 14 games late tonight, right? Some weather, some weather concerns. We got the uh, MLB Climbers Live coming up later today on the YouTube channel. Hit the, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got uh, premium crunch time with uh, Roth and Cheese and someone, and there'll be people there. Sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Hit the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Get Lineup HQ. You get the Discord. You get all the premium stuff, all the content, all the stack pages and tools, Slate IQ and everything. And that's that's how I build my lineups. I, I use the Roto-Grinder stuff myself. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens on this 14-game slate. Review it tomorrow, because that's what I do here every morning, 11 a.m., Monday through Friday, for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.